the language in this, like, I loved it, but I was like, holy moly. And like every other word, not every other word, every like fifth sentence, the word clit is used. Like, I just would like to preface this. And um, maybe it was because I was listening to it, but every time I was like, again. <laughs> Welcome to All My Friends Are English Majors, the podcast where I, business major, make my friends, almost all English majors, read popular fiction with me. This month is Bodyguard Month. I feel like this is like a little bit of a misnomer because like it is not important that he is a bodyguard in this book. Like that's just his job. He is not her bodyguard. He acts like one sometimes. He's very protective. (laughs) But he's not her bodyguard. I'll give you that. (laughs) We read Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. And it is so good. This is the second time that I've read it. I think it is an all-time banger. Mm -hmm. Agreed. A hundred percent. I have, like, maybe, like, half a bad thing to say about this book. If you're looking for Mo and I to be haters this month, don't listen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's the expect this book is so good. I like I finished it this morning. I'm not yeah, I finished it this morning. <laughs> I think I told you I finished it last night. I didn't. I finished <laughs> it today at work while I was teaching. Uh um, You read this book and, while you were out of middle school? Yeah, I have to say guys, don't do that. It is a pretty smutty book. Um Luckily though, my dog ate the cover of my <laughs> book. So no kid knew new book I was reading. Um, none of my animals are good. If you have been listening, you heard last week my cat was eating a poster. So no kids knew what I was reading, so that's good. Um, <laughs> but it's good. It is a very smutty book. It had me kicking my feet and giggling, I have to say. Luckily, my kids were playing, like, Blook It all day, so I had the time. Good. Um, that's good. <laughs> but, yeah, I had, like, two chapters left, so it was fine. It was good. Well, and, like, but, the last oh, no. chapter, so like, good. not that much happens. And the epilogue, not that much happens. No, the epilogue is so cute, though. A big romantic gesture, which I will wait to talk about. But this epilogue is like worth the whole book. I love it. I think what I like about Talia Hibbert's books specifically is she is writing people with like legitimate like thoughts and feelings. Like you're like, yeah, that happening to you traumatize you and honestly it could happen to you and like that I think is good like the bodyguard last week was very like and then there's a stalker who knits celebrities faces into a into a sweater whereas yeah like this week she's like I don't believe in romantic relationships because I was in one once and then the guy told me I was really hard to love and that I needed yeah. to change everything about myself, and I thought I had been trying, and it wasn't enough. Exactly. And I think that made, like, the characters so relatable. And she writes really realistic, like, diverse characters as well, but doesn't, like... Uh, this is going to sound so bad of me. It's like, going to sound kind of boomer. She's a, I can tell. It is. She. Does, it's going to sound so boomer. She doesn't throw the diversity in your face. Like, it's not every other word, because I feel like... It's not every other sentence. Like, I feel like those books feel very unrealistic with the diversity. Um, Like, this book was very natural in it, where you're, like, you can picture the character so well, um, and it still feels so real, um, and it's still so important to the character, but it's not like every other sentence you're like, I'm 
um, a disabled person who is bisexual and blah, blah, blah. Because I read a book, um, I think I mentioned it last week, you again, that I didn't like. Uh, sorry, I am going to be a hater about this. <laughs> um, and like every other line was about her being bisexual, which is like perfectly fine. Like this, Danny Brown is like, I am, who cares? But like, if it's every other word out of your mouth, it like doesn't feel genuine. Cause like, that's not how people talk. That's, like, um, that's like fourth wing. So, the main character in it yeah. is like, I have glass bones and she is talking about yeah. having glass bones like 100% of the time, except when she needs to like, commit like feats of madness on the back of a dragon and then she's like my glass bones kind of hurt but don't worry they didn't break this time like it's exactly it's very selective it's like not realistic i did yeah and like on this one it felt so realistic because it would just be like i feel like he can't catch me because i'm a bigger woman but then she'd be like but he's really strong so it works out um and i don't know i loved it or like he'd be like her stretch marks are so beautiful and i was like that's i see that's good but it's not like her ever waking like like every every thought and i liked that that feels very real to me so what i wrote in the outline was that in this series like none of the brown sisters are thin women yes and they own it and are completely Mm -hmm. unapologetic about it and it's not fetishistic at all like yeah it's very much so I I think that somehow she has managed to be as an author both body positive and body neutral, which yeah, I think which is I love that. That's really hard to capture because I don't know. Have you ever listened to the podcast Maintenance Phase? Um, yes. <laughs> I just of course who has to get into it because it took me like two years to get over Michael being on a podcast not with that was Sarah. I was like. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, going from Sarah to Audrey Gordon, I was like, I need a minute. And the minute was, like, two years. And now I'm in it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. there are, like, so many ways to have conversations that, like, yeah. people are not doing. They're not doing Oh, I it. agree. I actually, I listened to Maintenance Phase first. And so I had the opposite reaction. <laughs> but I, I really like Maintenance Phase because they bring it up in, like, such, A, a casual manner. But, like, in, like, a, this is a very important conversation to have. Um, and then also, like, they're really funny on that podcast. So, shout out to Maintenance Phase, guys. You should be listening to it if you're not already. Um, I don't... There are some hilarious scenarios that they bring up. And some very serious ones, so. <laughs> I but... think I'm going to read the back of the book. Although, you do. The only Please cover do. you have left on your copy is the back of the book. It is. It's very true. He ate a he ate a lot, guys. Thank God he didn't read the first chap eat the first chapter. That so. would have been bad. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Danica Brown knows what she wants. Professional success, academic renown, and an occasional role in the hay to relieve all that career-driven tension. But romance? Been there, done that, burned the t-shirt. Romantic partners, whatever their gender, are a distraction at best and a drain at worst. So Danny asks the universe for the perfect friend with benefits situation someone who knows the score and knows their way around the bedroom when big brooding security guards of fear and sorry rescues danny from a workplace fire drill gone wrong it's an obvious sign phd student danny and former rugby player zaf are destined to sleep together but before she can explain that fact to him a video of the heroic rescue goes viral suddenly half the internet is shipping hashtag dr rugby and zaf is begging danny to play along 
Turns out his sports charity for kids could really use the publicity. Lying to help children? Who on earth would refuse? Danny's plan is simple. Fake a relationship in public, seduce Zaff behind the scenes. The trouble is, Grumpy Zaff is secretly a hopeless romantic, and he's determined to corrupt Danny's stone-cold realism. Before long, he's tackling her fears into the dirt. But the former sports star has issues of his own, and the walls around his heart are as thick as, um, as his thighs. The easy lay Danny dreamed of is now more complex than her thesis. Has her wish backfired? Is her focus being tested? Or is the universe just waiting for her to take a hint? Hell yeah. So good, guys. Highly suggest. I think the back cover undersells that this has two perspectives. It's from both yeah. points of view. Huge. Yes. Huge. Well done. Yes. You don't have just like a big brooding man who, I don't know if you'll be able to tell. I thought that I liked hateful coworker romances because I'd read so many of them because they're such a popular genre. They fucking suck. Mm-hmm. They suck. Yeah. The, the man is often just like horrifying. He's like never communicated yeah. in a normal way. He is like, why would you think that I don't like you and think you're weird after he's treated her like shit for months and months and months? Zafir, we get in his brain. Thank God. Yes. I love Zafir. He is like, like last week we were talking about how like maybe uh, Jack Stapleton is like too much of a perfect man. Zafir is the perfect man, but like it's not too much. It is like, chef's kiss perfect man i love him because they also give us some flaws oh i love it but we also get like danny's perspective um oh i love it i love i love a good back and forth and oh and And it's not even like yeah go ahead you go you go no you, you go you go i was just gonna say we can talk about this in the perfect man a little bit more but like he yeah has been to a lot of therapy yes and he does use therapy speak but not yeah. in the Jonah Hill way. Do you yes. know what I'm referring to? Like manipulative, like wrong, like not accurate therapy talk. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You're not respecting my boundaries. Your boundaries are controlling. Exactly. Um, exactly. Zephyr doesn't do any of that. He like really gives Danny space to process her emotions when she's having them. And like. Yes. I love you, Zephyr. I love you. I loved him. Um, yes. Let's see. Do you want to do the two minute summary? You want to maybe help people understand what's going on, <laughs> considering we've talked a lot yeah. about the book, but we haven't told them anything yet. Yeah, I'll give a very quick summary. So we have Danny, we have Zafir. Um, basically, they're like work colleagues, but like very different levels of work colleagues. They work at a university. Danny's like a PhD like candidate, but she's kind of teaching there. She is teaching there. And then Zafir's a um, security guard, which is like kind of how he's a bodyguard. Um, and they're friends. She brings him coffee every morning and they like banter, blah, blah, blah. Um, and like Zafir's got the biggest crush on her. But like he never says anything. Um, that's very important to the plot is he's had a crush on her for like ever. But like she's like, we're, we're best friends. What are you talking about? And it's like very like at the beginning of the book, so not aware of anything um and then like very early on i think it's first or second chapter there's like a fire drill in the building that they work in um and danny didn't read her email so she gets trapped in an elevator 
And Zafir's like freaking out because he's like, oh my God, where did she go? Like, she, like, I didn't see her leave with her class and blah, 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 blah. And he's freaking out because, he, again, he's got a huge crush on her. And so he goes and, like, rescues her from this elevator and he carries her out, like, very heroically. And all of these students take pictures of them and they're like, oh my gosh. Um, and Zafir used to play on a rugby team. So people have recognized him now on the internet. Um, cause like, of course, all these students are posting pictures of their professors because that is actually, I feel like a universal experience. Um, and so this hashtag gets started, Dr. Rugby, because he's like noticeable and people think they're dating now because they're like, oh, people, we see them flirting all the time. Um, so to help Zafir's like little, I know, I guess, yeah, a little, um, like charity where he helps like, little athletes like work through their emotions which is like the cutest charity um they pretend to fake date to like get some numbers get some social media attention um and like through that um zafir has already caught feelings danny's like this is perfect i now have a fuck buddy and she's very excited about that um and through that they both catch feelings for each other but danny's like these aren't real we're fake dating um and then in the end, Zafir's like, no, 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 I love you. Danny has a freak out. Um, Danny then is like, wait, no, I do love him. Works through some things. And then there's a cute little romantic gesture with all of his rugby boys at the end. It's really cute. So that's the two-minute summary. There's a lot more details. but yeah. There, yeah, I think... If I miss anything, please put it... Give me some more. I feel like the big thing is that like Zafir has caught feelings in a big way. But both of them, yes. in their points of view, like, Saphir accepts his feelings, like, almost immediately. And Danny's like, yes. I mean, I just want to, like, bundle him up and have him with me all the time. But, like, that doesn't mean that I like him. Like, she is, like, like that's living. normal for friends. Yeah. Like, friends want to spend yeah. all their time with each other. And friends bring each other coffee every morning. That's something that I want to say before any of the Dr. Rugby yeah. stuff even starts. She's bringing him coffee at his desk every morning. Yes. And he brings her yes. a protein bar at breakfast every morning. And he listens yes, to every her day. talk about her thesis and remembers stuff about it. And, like, they they go on a little radio show to do publicity. Mm -hmm. <gasps> oh, my uh, God, yes. <laughs> and then they make them play a couple game. And Danny and Zafir are like, fuck. Like, we're not an actual couple. We're going to mess this up. And then they get every question right yes including zafir knows the topic of danny's thesis and it's not yeah, like it's an, an obscure one too thesis like that's the thing about getting your phd yeah is you kind of have to like research something you have to like find a niche area that no one's ever researched before like everyone is acting like people who were like doing groundbreaking physics work in the 50s were like having a hard time finding a niche topic they weren't. Yeah. They were not. They were not. They. It was new back then, guys. Whereas, like, poor Danny Brown's trying to get her PhD in English in yeah. 2023. Like, she's gonna have a hyper-specific PhD topic because, like, how the fuck else is she supposed to get her PhD? But he knows it. And he's been, like, reading her books in the library, and he's like, I don't understand them, like, all, because you're really smart, but, like, I've been trying and it's, she's like, she gets so excited too. And it's, oh my God, guys, it's like the cutest scene in the whole book. 
And he's been doing this for like a really long time too. Not just like since they've been fake dating, like for a long time. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. And this is when they like go and hook up too, which is like one of the most graphic scenes I've read in a while. Maybe I don't read as much smutty books as like some of my friends do, but I was like, holy cow, this book is pretty graphic. I like, and they use some detailed words, I will say. Yeah, Talia um, Hibbert is not shying away. And neither is no. Danny Brown. Danny Brown is really like, no. Zephyr, we should have a little agreement. We should have sex yes. the entire time we're fake dating. And Zephyr, yes. because he's like, here's the thing. I am physically incapable of saying no to you. Also, yeah. I want to have sex with you so bad. Mm-hmm. Breaks his own little heart in half by saying yes. Oh my god, he was so sad. Like, immediately afterwards, immediately after their, like, first time hooking up, he, like, went home and was like, I love her so much. This is horrible. Like, I'll never, I'll never recover. And she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing. It's fine. It's like, oh, poor Zap. Felt so bad for him. Like, I knew it was going to happen immediately, but I was like, he's so sad. I'm going to hug him. Man, I love him. I mean, he really, like, I don't know, Danny, it's very strange to me. This is something I didn't think made a lot of sense, actually, was Danny's, like, very confident, and she's very sure of herself, and she's very certain of her own worth on its own, Mm -hmm. and she's very uncertain of her own worth in relationships. And her and Zephyr are talking about relationships all the time. Because they're talking about their fake relationship and they're talking about their friendship. And she is letting so many things slip about her relationship with Mateo, who is the boy who broke her heart and told her that she, Mm -hmm. like, wasn't good enough and was a bad girlfriend and forced her, forced him to cheat because she wasn't giving him enough. And Danny, like, took all that to heart and was like, I must be a bad partner. Also, I think she's, like, vaguely neurodivergent-coded, but, like... Yeah, she feels... She felt like that. Just a tinge. Um, Mm -hmm. and, like, she basically... She makes the picture very clear to Zephyr very quickly. So it's Mm -hmm. confusing to me that Danny's sisters and her best friend, Sorsha, don't know anything about it. Like, I don't really... Yeah. Like, you're telling me you didn't get a little too drunk off wine one time, and then, like... Yeah, because it's, like, a big reveal in, like, chapter, like, 17, like, late in the book. Yeah. That she, like, tells her sisters and her best friend, like, guys, this is why I don't like to date people. And it's, it's like, why don't these people who you, like, supposedly talk to all the time not know this? Uh, I agree. I think that's the only thing about this book that I'm like, I am confused. But like, other than that, I'm like, this story flows perfectly, except for that. Yeah. And Okay, honestly, I think because I was reading it so fast, I think I even got like slightly confused because I thought that it was Joe who broke her heart. But it wasn't. It was Mateo, which I did eventually. I did eventually work that out. She was because of Mateo, like Joe, she broke Joe's heart, which I get now. But, like, um, yeah, just ignore me, but, you know. No, that's okay. On the pod, I am often guilty of not reading closely enough and having someone have to be like, well, <laughs> Emily, like, if you actually yeah, read would, the book. 
Every <laughs> you, word. You right close enough. <laughs> no, I was like speed reading through this one this week. Um, that was sick. But if you can't tell, if you can't hear it. <laughs> That's true. I feel but, like every third B reel I saw was you being like, ah ha ha. <laughs> hey guys, I'm sick. <laughs> uh, yeah, this week was, um, it was a long one for Miss Megan. But no, I'm back. I mean, I'm back at work. <laughs> Am I back in the game of life? No. But this book brought me back. So that's good. It revived me. <laughs> um, no, but I felt like, um, yeah, like, like Zafir picked up on it. I feel like they, even though they talked every morning, like at breakfast, you wouldn't think that he would be the only one to like figure out this Mateo thing out of like her group of people. Like you're telling but, me this know. girl is in a long term, four year committed relationship. And then yeah. they break up, and then she never wants to be in a long-term relationship again. And you don't want to mind that a little bit. You don't want to dig in think, and make sure your yeah. friend's okay. Like, you're not like, hey, did Mateo do something? Like, you don't ask at all. Like, did she not tell anyone that he cheated? Like, I don't understand how, like, this was not brought up ever. Or, like, talked about. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like the Brown sisters seem pretty close, too. So they're very it's a good close. question to bring up. Yeah. So I I do agree with you on that point. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. What did I other? Oh, let's talk about the writing a little bit. Yes. The writing is really good. Oh, yeah. 100%. And if you listen to it, on, I listened to part of it on audiobook. Ooh. Even better with the, with the accents. Cause they like, the person who does it, like, differentiates between Sophia and Danny really well. And Sophia's got like a slightly different accent. Oh, it's so cute. It was really good. Um, I highly suggest listening to it, guys. Um, I was good. I like, I did like it. And I think that also explains some of the language in it. Cause I feel like British people, even when they're being very like, like proper, they sometimes will throw in some like words that like in America we don't use as often. Um, like words we consider like bad words or like curse words, like they'll throw away, throw around way off more often. If I that think, makes sense if you're following me. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the British get away with saying so much. And also like Danny is from a very posh family. So like yes. she is saying some like, really insane sexual things to to Zephyr and she's just like oh my gosh you know yeah. and then she'll just like tack on a love at the end and you're like oh okay yeah oh, okay yeah fine she's just Makes like sense. propositioning him in like a really graphic way but like it sounds really oh, posh 100%. so I think it's fine like it's not a crazy yes. thing for her to say like if you you would sound so trashy in an American accent if you said some of the things that she says to him Oh, people would call you a skank, a slut, a whore, and all the other words. They would be like, who is this girl? And why is she speaking in this way? You would be the talk of the town. That's all I can say. You would be the talk of the town. Yeah, she really (laughs) is talking crazy. It, guys, like, it, the language, like, I loved it, but I was like, holy moly. And like every other word, not every other word. Every, like, fifth sentence, the word clit is used. <laughs> like, I just would like to preface this. And um maybe it was because I was listening to it. But every time I was like, 
again. <laughs> How is this happening so often? <laughs> I just like <laughs> another, it's another bullet point that we went that someone that was put down, but like, instead of using like, Hey, I have butterflies in my stomach. They're like a tinge to the clit. And I was like, what's happening? Is there Talia no like Hibbert? regular nervous? <laughs> Talia Hibbert does this in all three of the Brown sisters books <laughs> in every single point of view. I literally <laughs> felt insane reading these books. Like, I was okay, like, does good. your stomach just never me. drop? Do you never, like, feel like a swooping sensation? You yeah. just, like, you just, like, have a shot to the clit? Like, what? What? That phrase, that exact phrase was used, I'm not kidding, like, probably ten times throughout the book, which, like, seems like a not a lot, but it is because it's the words also used a billion other times. I felt I do in, in just so many contexts. I was like, okay, like let's go for it. But I was like, I felt crazy. So I was like, how are we using it so many times? Well, in like romance authors, more power to them for making sure that more yes. women know about their own bodies. That's good. I agree. But also, I agree. I'm just gonna forewarn you. In the first Brown Sisters book, yeah. Dear Darling Red is always feeling a thing in his balls. Like, <laughs> he needs to go to the Every doctor. Time, yeah. The man <laughs> has something wrong with his testicles. It's with how much sensation like <laughs> he's experiencing. Like, that's really my beef with the sex in this book. Because I think the sex is, like, really good and very sex positive And oh, all I of those agree. things. Yeah. Like, there's no shame, no nothing. As always, yeah. the men in romance books can eat pussy and do eat pussy, but like, it's like their thing. Yeah, <laughs> they love it. It's their favorite thing they, to do. Yeah, yeah. But like, they were they yeah they were trained. <laughs> yeah, by who? I don't know, but someone someone cooked there. That's all I'm gonna say. I um, read a Goodreads <laughs> review today that I didn't put in the outline because yeah. I was like, whatever. And it was this Muslim woman being like, I know Zafir isn't practicing, but like Muslim people are not having extramarital sex. And I can't believe that like it's sweet. She wanted to have diversity, but like this was inappropriate. And I was like, yeah, Catholics aren't having extramarital, extramarital sex. Evangelicals Never. aren't having extramarital marital sex. Shut the fuck up. Never. Every Never. person there, there is a population in every no sex in before every marriage religion. religion that people are going to bone town. Like. Exactly. You don't need to be writing every, a little review that's like, I thought this book was really good, but there's no way Zephyr would have sex with a woman. Like. It's not real. Not realistic. No, I agree. What about this book? It's realistic. <laughs> it's a former rugby player who made, like, professional athlete money working as a security guard at a college. Exactly. It kind of gave me a... Um... Did you watch Ted Lasso? I'm assuming yes. I Obviously. think everyone did. Come on. Yeah. It, um, he gave me like, uh, Roy Kent vibes just a little bit, a little bit, because Roy Kent's very like, rom, like a man written by a woman. Um, very much like rom-com man. And like when he quit playing soccer, he was just like coaching at his like niece's school, like hanging out, chilling. And he, that gave me the same vibes. And like, he was kind of like gruff at the beginning of the book. And I was like, yeah. This is who I'm picturing. Very similar vibes. We but not white. Talk obviously. about Ted Lasso. Specifically Roy Kent. Mm -hmm. Because I think Roy Kent was written by a woman in season one. I think he was written I don't know by if a man he was in the season rest of the three. Season. 
I agree. I stopped watching season three. I, this is going to be my big confession, guys. I didn't finish Ted Lasso. It was ass. So I could not. Season it was three not was a ass. good season. It was not. There was a very good episode when they were in Amsterdam. I didn't give a okay. fuck about whatever was happening with Rebecca. But Jamie did teach Roy to ride a bike. And you should okay. You should watch yes. that clip on YouTube. That was that would be the only reason that I would like go back and watch is because I heard they had a very good friendship arc in season three. But like the other things I was seeing about it, I was like, I'm not going to go and watch this because it doesn't doesn't none of the things I wanted to happen to like round they were out not the final season happened. No, so I was like, no. And my dog is named Roy Kent. Like I have a dog named after it, Roy, and. I was like, no, I'm not finishing this show because you guys took it away. I don't want it to be. So Well, I'm like, <sighs> at the end of season three, spoilers for Ted Lasso, end of season three, I guess. Yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry. Roy, Kent, and Jamie get drunk at a bar, and then they go over to Keeley's house, and they're like, we yes. decided you get to choose which one of us you want to date, and then we won't be mad at each other. And she's like, it, what the I, fuck yes. is wrong with you guys? And she, like, slams the door. As she should. As she should. I couldn't. Like, it really bothered me. The and, like, Roy and I Keely think... breakup didn't do anything. It didn't do anything for the show. It made the show worse. The Roy no. and Keely breakup made the show worse. It was useless. I there was no reason. It was a useless breakup. There's no good reason for it. And then, like, they really hinted at, like, Ted and Rebecca dating. And then they never got them together. And then they had Rebecca, like, date, like, a random boat guy. And I didn't understand that. And so I just stopped. I was like, I can't watch the rest of this show because you guys are doing stuff. Also, I could not stand the the girl that Beard dates. Like, I really liked that Beard episode in season two where he, like, goes and has, like, a whole club night by himself. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Wild night. But, like, he's in a very toxic relationship and no one helped him. And it was treated as a joke. His relationship with Jane and how toxic it was yes. was treated as a joke. I was like, he's getting uh, mentally abused, everyone, and no one is helping him at all. It's funny. Um, it's funny. It's funny that she how... doesn't trust him. <sighs> it's funny that she locked him out of his own apartment, guys. It's a joke. Okay. Anyway, yeah. okay, Ted Lasso talk. Yeah, sorry for the we Ted Lasso. We finished it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Back to uh, Danny Brown, guys. Oh, another thing that's very good about the writing is this book is funny as hell. Yes. It is. It's very good banter and, like, it wasn't very corny, which, like, I feel like a lot of the rom-coms I've been reading have been, like, co- more corny than, like, funny. Um, which, like, that's not a bad thing. I do love a good corny rom-com. But, like, this one's, like, I was actually laughing. And I was like, this is good. It's a good book. Well, and, like, the corny ones, there's, there's like, corny. And yeah. there's, I've loved you from afar forever and I've just been articulating myself poorly. Where, like... I can only read so many books about Adam Driver types before I'm done. Yes. I was texting my friends group chat this week and being like, I think I need to read The Secret History. Like, I think I need to stop reading cartoon cover romances for a minute because my brain is starting to melt. I think (laughs) I need to read, like, one book for an adult and and then move on. I And then I went to the romance book store down the street from me. And I bought yeah. uh, the second Six of Crows duology because I've been wanting okay. to own it. Fine. Yeah. I bought uh, The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy, which if you haven't read it, 
Uh, I haven't. I, I haven't read it, but I do know what it is. It's like, it's like the, um, it's the You've Got Mail retelling, but in the underworld. Yes. It's so cute. It's so um, yes. cute. I was. It's been on my list forever. Mo, I keep doing this thing where I, like, don't finish a book before I go to bed. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I'll read it while I eat breakfast. Three yeah. separate times, Sam has found me in the kitchen sobbing while I'm, For like, finishing my cereal and, like, trying to put on my shoes because <laughs> I have, like, gotten to the sad part of the book. So I can't stop reading yeah. it. I yeah. was reading normal people in the break room <sighs> at work while I was eating lunch, and I started crying. And I was like... Oh, my God. I love normal people. I was like... Emily, you... Oh, no, no. It was Hamnet. I was finishing Hamnet. And I, Mm -hmm. like... Damn, Matthew O'Farrell can write. Yeah. Like, she Uh, can write. Do you ever do memoirs? Do you ever read memoirs? Oh, no. What memoir do I need to read? It's not... I don't do memoirs that often. There's only one that I've read that I've been like, this is perfect. Um, Because it's like... It's not very much like a, I'm a celebrity and blah, 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 blah. It's, uh, It's called... Crying in H Mart. <gasps> I read it. Did okay, it. perfect. It's my favorite one. I I read it in two days. A because I had book club and I was like, shit, I gotta read this. But B because it was map testing week and I had nothing to do other than sit there and like make sure no one was cheating. And so um, I couldn't cry in the room because I was like, I got a bunch of eighth graders who are taking the map test. I got to make sure like. I got, they they can't see this. So every time I wanted to cry, I put a post-it note. And I think there's like probably 120 post-it notes in this book. Just like, um, so I was like holding back tears, like flipping through it as fast as possible. I think I read like 200 pages in one day. Like, oh my God, it's one of my favorite books of all time. That is like, I loved it. It's so good. I also love Japanese Breakfast, which is who the author is. But like, oh, so good. I'm glad you've read it. I don't do I, memoirs that often, but that one I love. I am really fascinated oh i don't know if i can say this as a white person i am like really (laughs) into reading stories about non-white people in their relationships with their parents like whether or not it is like a memoir like crying in h mart or it is like right now i'm reading a rom-com called pride prejudice and other flavors Ooh, it's cute as fuck i'm having a great time I love the um, Pride and Prejudice retelling. So. I also do. But, yes. like, I, like, I love Never Have I Ever. I, like, yes. think that it is, like, really nice to read stories about young people learning to relate to their repressed parents. Like, for some reason, it, like, scratches a good part in my brain. No, I agree with you. I agree. I love it. I love it. We have a theory in English. Um, who's your English major? Fun fact for the day. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't know if it's a theory, but it's something I learned when I was learning to teach English. It's called windows and mirrors. And windows are when you can, like, see into the life of, like, people who are not like you. Um, and so, like, if you're doing a very good job teaching, you should be, like, giving kids the opportunity to, like, read a bunch of windows, especially white kids. Because white kids read books about them all the time. Like, oh my god, every single book is for them. So, like, if you're doing a good job teaching, you're giving um, the white kids windows because they need to see other people's lives. And then there's mirrors, 
which are reflecting your life back at you. So, um, like kids who are, um, oh my God, I can't think of the word. I'm, my brain is melting. Uh, kids who are not white. I'm just going to say that because I can't think of the other word. And that sounds horrible that I'm saying kids who are not white. People Um, of color? No, not just people of color. Kids who are just, and because it's not always just, uh, so kids who are not like white, cis, able-bodied children, Mm, basically, I guess is what I'm trying to go for. Because that's what every story is written for. Um, like every, not every story, but like every story, like we have grown up reading or that is like pushed in curriculum across the U.S., um, those stories, um, the stories that are not those, um, are great mirrors for children who obviously are not, um, white or cis or able-bodied, um, or neurotypical. And so like when you get to see a window as a white cis or a, um, able-bodied person, you know, um, reading those windows and enjoying them is, I don't think it's a bad thing or like getting to learn about those cultures or like not, not bad, I guess not. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but I think it's, I think it's a good thing to be able to read those and enjoy them and like learn from them because like we're learning about other people. And like, that's honestly like such a powerful thing because like, you know, like we've been taught that like we're the center of the universe or like the world, the U S wants us to think we're the center of the universe and we're not. So, um, that's my hot take for the day. But I think um, reading those books and all that stuff and seeing those TV shows and like all that. And I love that like we as um, like a media, the media has been like making more shows um, that are not just like about white people anymore. And I think that's really cool. Like I love yeah. Never Have I Ever, but I love Crying in H Mart. And um, yeah, so, I'm going to miss Never Have I yeah. Ever. Although last, I the agree. final season also. Yeah. Just, Final seasons are either hit or miss. Just let Paxton like... Hall Yoshida go to college. Yeah. Like, that's not Jeez. my only qualm. Is I was like, homeboy <laughs> didn't need to be there. Yeah. He, no, I agree. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. Mo and I are going to get back on track. <laughs> we're here. We're in it. Um. Yes. Let's see. I think, you know, I said that it wasn't, like, weird and fetishistic about the Brown sisters not being thin. I also think mm-hmm. that they were not weird and fetishistic or, like, really club you over the the head with the fact that this, that Zafir is Muslim. So Yeah, I agree. I think there was actually a lot of accurate representation with Zafir, and I think that's part of why we think he is the best boy. Yeah. He was a professional athlete. His father and brother died in a car accident, and he found out from a reporter asking him about it at practice. Mm-hmm. Homie went into a spiral. He decked the reporter. Mm-hmm. No one heard from him for, like, three years. He, like, yep. went underwater, and his brother's mm-hmm. wife helped him out of it. His mother helped him out of it. His having his brother's... Nice daughter his niece around helped him out of it and he's been to a shit ton of therapy and like generally is a pretty even keel person and also like has anxiety in like a really recognizable way like he is always thinking about the worst scenario so fair me too um 
Yep. Like, he just, I guess we're moving into the perfect man. And he is, like, a Muslim man. And part of the reason that he had such a bad time when his brother and father died is everyone was, like, the news media was, like, the only Muslim man in the National Rugby League league hits a reporter after finding out about the death of his father and brother and then like sensationalized the death of his family simply because he like was not a white person and yeah it i liked it i think it was good she's very like zafir has a normal family like zafir has normal relationships and friendships and is a good coach and is a respected member of the community and like is Muslim. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like and Zafir who I don't know. She could have done more and it would be fine, but I think she balanced it really well to make it um representation without making it um the way that your parents comment. I don't I don't know if your parents are um as conservative as mine, but Mm -hmm. Uh, the way that your parents will like see a commercial and they'll be like wow they really got everybody in there yeah no i know what you're talking about like this book didn't make me feel like i was being i don't know and i yeah i don't have a problem with that it's great that they got everybody in there but like i didn't read this book and feel like i was watching a commercial that got everybody in there yeah, no, I agree with you. And, like, she did a really good job of, like, um, showing and not telling. So instead of being, like, he's a Muslim man, blah, 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 or, like, because of his Muslimness, blah, 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 <laughs> she, like, they would, like, <laughs> like, because some authors do that. Like, I'm not even, like, trying to be funny. Um, like, they, it's just, be like, the way they would speak. So, like, um, like, his niece, I think at one point would be, like, oh, Allah. And, like, his, the her mom would be, like, Watch your language. And like, that's just like a part of the, how their family is. And like, um, or like they would talk like just very like little things, um, that would like show you like how they are in their life. Um, and I think that's a really good, um, telltale sign of a good writer. Um, and just like someone who knows like, what an audience is going to like react to in a positive way or like it, it, I hate when, um, writers are just like, and this is what they look like and blah, blah, blah. And they're a very tall black man and blah, 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 blah. And they do that constantly. And like, because he's a tall black man and blah, 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 blah. And like every other sentence, but she's really good at again, showing and not telling, um, just with like how they talk to each other and, uh, with their actions rather than like describing them every, like every third line. Um, so yeah, I agree with you, but it's like, it's not like, it's not like it's, oh my God, I don't know how I'm trying to say this. It's not her like writing that as like an extra plot line. It's just like part of the story. Yeah. Um, which I really, yeah, I did enjoy that. For a book that has a main character who is not a subtle person. The writing is subtle. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Very delicate line to balance. I want to talk about Zafir as a hopeless romantic. Because... I love it. I think a lot of men in these romance books are hopeless romantics, but they wouldn't title themselves that way. 
Because yeah. I think lots of men in all of these books are, like, very steady and sure. Like, the way that Zephyr is certain of his feelings about Danny is very steady and sure. And when she is having a lot of self-doubt and isolating herself for her work, he just shows up with dinner. Like, it's very, yep. like... He's a very steadying presence, but I feel like in a lot of cartoon cover romance novels, the men are that way. Like, I think that we are seeing representations of perfect partnership in a lot of ways, and I think you have to be a little bit of a hopeless romantic to, yeah, like, be so certain of the way that partnership is supposed to work. Um. Okay, I want your take on this, because it's, it's the same conversation. I feel like in the first half of most romance books, the men are so either annoying because they're just like so dark and brooding and it seems like they have a secret to hide. They have they, like, 10 words have to say. They, they say have 10, 10 words, words to say they can't talk to you. Yeah. Um, or they're just like, like not mean, but they're like so grumpy that it's like, okay, like what's the point of talking to you? Or they're so grumpy because they're so in love with you that they can't look at you. And it's like, it's, like, almost hard to, like, read them, like, read their characters, because it's, like, oh, my God. And then, like, all of a sudden, halfway through the book, they're, like, they're acting like Sophia does, where they're, like, able to talk to you all of a sudden, and they're, like, doting on you, and blah, 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 blah. But Sophia is, like, there the whole time. He's able to talk to her. He wants to talk to her. Even though he cares about her so much, he's just, like, there and ready to talk to her, which I feel like is so much more natural than some of these other, like, romantic leads in these books. Um... And, like, I think that's why he is such a great, like, hopeless romantic lead. Because he, like, no, I don't know, maybe it's because he's getting it from these books and he's like, man, this man needs to be better. But. It is the dual POV. Yes, it I think you're right. It is the dual POV that makes men in these books bearable when they yes. are having the bad attitude. Like. The Spanish love deception is from a singular point of view for, like, 800 fucking pages. It is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. However, I I really hope you don't love the Spanish love description. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I've read that one, so you're good. You're good. No worries. <laughs> Perfect. It like give me something. Let me in that man's brain. I want to dig around in there. Yeah. I want to know what's going on. And I think that's why reading about Zafir is so nice. Is he's not only a hopeless romantic because he is quiet about his feelings about Danny. He yeah. does hold them close to his chest because he doesn't want to get his heart broken. And even if the reason that men are holding their cards close to their chest in these books is different than not wanting to get your heart broken, like, like, Zephyr is Luke. Luke Danes? Like, from, yeah. Yeah, he is. Like, he cares about her and he's just doing little things for her. I agree with you. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. That was a Gilmore Girls reference if anyone missed it. it. Um, and <laughs> there are men in these books who are Luke, but they like... But they stay away. But they stay away. And they're mm -hmm. like... I do, I do love a protective grump. Like, they yeah. really... I do like when an author is like, this man, the only thing he dislikes more than her is the idea of her getting hurt. Like, I unfortunately, like, will read that and be like, he'll get I there. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be cute, I guess. 
No, I get it. <laughs> I do like those. Uh, but I don't know. I, I do like, so I think I like Zafir and like characters like him just a tad bit more because it's like, oh, it's so cute. Like it's cute the whole time rather than just like when he starts to like protect her. You know what I mean? Well, and like this is like one of the less toxic relationship romances that you could read. Whereas like yeah. some of the grumpy sunshine, like, enemies to lovers bullshit which i'll eat up do not hear me saying bullshit and hearing me say i don't want to read that little romance book yeah i'm like what's gonna happen in three years when you guys like have an argument and have to like actually like delve into conflict resolution beyond just like boinking each other's brains out for the first time in your lives like 50 percent of cartoon cover romance relationships, like, should end in divorce. Yes, I agree. But not this yeah. one. Not Zafir and Danny, because he's perfect no. and has been to therapy. Yes. And she's learning how to be loved again. Oh, God. So good. I loved it. And, like, we get to see them a year later, and it's so cute. Oh, man. I think I loved it. Yeah, I think we should talk about one last therapy thing and then Yeah. We should Worst talk about um maybe we talk about the epilogue after too many hands. Um Okay. So Danny's a commitment foe and she tentatively agrees she sleeps over at Zephyr's for the first time in the entire book. Like she sleeps next to the man all night long. Like well, they have sex in the middle of the night, but, like, we don't get to see it. But, like, they talk about it. Um, and she freaks out because he, like, mentions offhand about her meeting his mother eventually. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. No, I can't do that. And then he's like, of course you can. I love you. She'll love you, too. Yeah. And Danny's like, you what? And she, like, blows up the whole relationship. And she feels herself yes. doing it. And Zafir feels her doing it. And the, both of them are both, like, desperately trying to, like, hold on to and breaking up a thing. And I do think the funniest part of this book is she leaves his apartment. And then she goes to buy herself some chips at a gas station. And has to call Sorsha to come pick her up because she's crying too hard in the chips aisle. To, like... <laughs> get what she needs and like check out and yeah she's like can where are you and she's like i cannot tell you where i am i don't know i'm crying in the chips aisle come get me that is hilarious yeah that is so real it is i agree i love it anyway i also love that there's the best friend in the book that like that you're able to call and be like i'm crying in the chips aisle please come get me feels like everyone needs that friend so, I do love it. <laughs> okay, sorry, keep going. But Zafir, once he, like, calms down, is like, oh, I did that. Yeah. I knew exactly what she needed, and I mm-hmm. overdid it, because I thought that maybe I could love her into not being scared and not having that trauma, and that's on me, because I know that's not how it works, because I've been to hours and hours and hours of trill of therapy and he doesn't have an ego about it at all Mm -hmm. he isn't like my love should have been enough he's like oh well shit 
And then he waits and he gives her space and then she does a big grand gesture. And it's really sweet and it ends really well. And then, even though she hates big grand gestures, she does another one in the epilogue. I love it. It was a back-to-back double action, man. No, I loved, um, like, his, like, reaction to it. Because he's like, I guess it just won't happen. And then he, like, called... Oh, also, it there was a cute little, like, subplot going on throughout the whole book, guys. With Zafir's best friend, um, Jamal, and his sister. Like, sister-in-law, but, like, his sister. Um, and... He, like, is trying to get a hold of Jamal, his best friend, and he's like, I gotta find Jamal, blah, blah, blah. And so he finally calls, like, his sister up, and Jamal answers his sister's phone. And he's At, like, like, 10 p.m. And Jamal's like, who is this? And he's like, Jamal? And then he finds out that his sister and Jamal have been, like, hooking up, and they're, like, dating. Oh, my God. It's the cutest thing, because then Jamal's like, I was gonna propose to her. And he's like, you what? Oh, my God, guys. It's, like, such a cute little, like, here, I'll, I'll just throw you one extra little bone in the book. A little treat. Um, it's so cute. A little treat. Um, so that's also a fun little, like, if this, this would play out, like, perfectly on screen as, like, a rom-com. Like, I would eat this up. Um, it yeah. would be so good. It would be so good. Well, and the epilogue would play out so well because Danny's, like, I don't yes. like big gestures. Like, the reason, like, I like Valentine's Day. Yes. It's the same day every year. Like, I don't have to remember a special date. And she's, like, I don't like anniversaries because then I have to remember yes. them. And that is not where I thrive as a partner. And she knows it's not where yes. she thrives as a partner. And then she pretends all year that she's not going to celebrate their anniversary while she's been yeah. stealing his romance books and getting them signed by his author, his the authors, so and then cute. she, like, writes him a little love letter and, yeah. like, gives him that as a gift for an anniversary. One, Danny, you did too much the first year. How are you going to top yeah, exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But also... Like, I get it, it's a paper anniversary, but, like... <laughs> cute! It's so cute. It's so cute. Because he's also, like, he's cooking your dinner, and she's like, you made us dinner for our anniversary. And he's like, you remembered our anniversary? <laughs> like, that alone probably, like, shocked him to his core. And then she pulls out these gifts. Oh, my God. It was so cute. Oh, and she was, like, deceiving him the whole year. He, she was like, yeah, when I went to those, like, romance book conventions with Eve. And he was like, well, you were dragged to those. He was like, no, I did it on purpose. It was like so cute She's oh my god like, i loved it no my sister would have much rather gone with her book club friends but i bullied her into taking me she's like i made her take me i wanted to go it was so cute guys i was literally i was reading that uh while i, I was supposed to be subbing for a math class today um and i was like in there and i had just yelled at a bunch of kids hell yeah like, do your work and i was like and i just started like giggling in the corner and they're like what are you doing and i was like i'm reading just do your stuff <laughs> like they're oh like, my god, it's what so are you reading? So and you're like, no, it's like, shut your up. business. Do your math homework. It's like you're supposed to be doing math. Get us together. <laughs> oh my god, guys, you have. I cannot express. You have to read this. I'm not doing it justice. It really is so cute. It's one of my faves I've read in the last year. Thank you. Shout out to maybe friend of the pod. I don't know if she's still listening. Emily Carlson for recommending this book to me. It is an all time banger. It is all time. In too many hands, I feel like we've already talked about a couple of things. One, we need to cut down on the use clit by at least 50%. At least. Although she at didn't least. ever say, like, 
little pearl or anything like that. Thank God. She just straight up said it. Yeah. Over and over. And over and over. Yes. Um, yeah. I, there's no big height difference. No. And there's no, it doesn't, I didn't question any of the positions or the athleticism because I'm like, Zephyr's a big, strong dude. Like. Yeah, he plays rugby. Yeah, he plays rugby. Like. Yeah. He lifts dudes that, like, way more than Danny. Like. Yeah. He's doing a great job. So, like, none of it made me be like, all right, Talia Hibbert, like, you don't know how physics work. Like. Exactly. Honestly, really funny of them to break a table. Yeah. Because that is how physics work. Like, if you have a little idea table and you put, like, X number of pounds onto it and, like, a lot of force is being exerted, you're going to break the table. Yeah. Ikea furniture is not strong, guys. No, it is not well built. No. No. (laughs) I've broken, like, three dresser drawers. Oh, my God. Doing what? Just from, like... just, like, opening them and having too many clothes in it. Like, it should not break that easily. Like, it's ridiculous. I have an antique dresser that my mom, used to be my mom's. And. Yeah. I have started putting so many t-shirts in the bottom drawer that I'm starting to break the, like, seams. And it's the kind yeah. of woodworking that, like, isn't nails. Like, there's no nails in it. There's no screws in it. Like, yeah. it's the, like, pieces just, like, that holding. fit together. So I've started wood gluing it like every six months because I keep like the pieces are starting to be really old. Yeah, I have just like um, come to terms with like that there's holes in my dresser and you can see my clothes because I can fit more clothes now. Oh, my Uh, God. So at Ikea, make some bigger drawers. I have a lot of clothes. That's all I can say. You got to go to a thrift store for dressers because you got to get something that's deeper. And yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's tough. It is tough. It is tough. And I have two dressers. That's my real issues. I I have too many clothes. I need to get to this. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Okay, I'm going to read. While you search through Goodreads, I'm going to read a Goodreads. And then we we did it. Okay. We talked about this book. We did it. Okay, I'm going to go on Goodreads. Okay, this was a four-star review. Actually, no, I think it was a five-star. By the way, I don't ever read the creator of the review because I hate when people are just, like, put on blast on a podcast for no reason. Yeah, Um, fair enough. Goodreads. Reasons to love this book. One, the king of all romance tropes. Fake date and fall in bed slash love. Whatever comes first. Two, hero who's basically a golden retriever in a human body. Zafira Ansari, sweetest, fake, boyfriend, an ardent romance reader, built like Thor but a total cinnamon roll. Three, decent diverse representation with none of the stereotypes, Muslim, POC, and bisexual protagonists. Four, rolling on the floor, laugh your ass off, banter, and ready to climb each other at any minute, even with clothes on, gives you hot flashes kind of scorching chemistry. Five, realistic portrayal of mental health issues, anxiety and panic attacks that don't go away because the person is in love and everything is magically hunky-dory. Six, Danica fucking Brown, hotshot academician, part-time witch and full-time sass queen, socially inept smartass who's going to make you smile like crazy. So yeah, I'm going to need another star for this awesome book. A hundred percent. I agree with you. I agree with her. I agree with them. I Uh, agree with them. 
Yeah, that's true. I have a hard time with Goodreads finding good ones for the podcast that I'm not just like cutting and pasting what I want out of them because either it's like one sentence and it's like sex was hot or book was so cute yeah, or like someone wrote like a dissertation about yes take a hint Danny Brown and I'm like I know we just recorded an hour-long podcast about this book but like I don't have that many words to like put down on paper about this book like I I have things I want to talk to my friends about I want to have a conversation about it but like I don't have a 10,000 word review to write about this book I think I might go back and copy some of my old English papers and just put them in like the Goodreads reviews of some books. 27 pages. Oh my god. This contains spoilers. Oh my god. <laughs> Making it impossible for anybody to scroll. That's like <laughs> when people would post the like, the like gradient picture of the sky on Tumblr and you were like, fuck yeah. me. I'm going to have to scroll for so long. Yeah. And the app was so bad because they had no ads. So they weren't making any money on it. That it would glitch oh, yeah. before you could get to the bottom of the sky. It was awful. This one's really short. It just says, hi. Okay, so maybe I believe in soulmates. And I just feel like that sums up how I feel about this book. <laughs> um, That's my take on it. I gotta say. Oh, wait. Someone else just said, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love a good, just like, a good one, a good one liner. <laughs> Lord have mercy is right. I had not. I will say, Book Talk is not recommending Good Smut. Like, basically yeah. at all. Like, I really yeah. am a lot of the time, like, are you content in your sexual relationship that you read this and you were like, oh my god, have to call my boyfriend yeah. right now and tell him to come home. Like, yeah, that wasn't that good. Yeah. Or like, people are starting to be too obvious about this shit, too. Like, you know the, like, haunting Adelaide or whatever it is that, like, the, the, like, dedication page is, like, for the girls who thought that, like, the Grim Reaper would fuck, like, a god or something like that? Yeah. People are posting screenshots of that on Twitter. Like, Sam showed me one the other week that, like, mentioned something about corn on the cob in a deeply inappropriate way. Oh, my God. People are, um... People, we used to have secrets. We need to go back to AO3. Everyone needs to And we don't have secrets anymore. I agree with you. Just put this shit on AO3 under the right tags and let people open it on their incognito browser as God intended. Exactly. Like, we are posting too much on on public accounts, aka stop posting on Twitter, stop posting on TikTok, take it to AO3, take it to the dark webs, guys. Okay, no one needs to know about these things. We used to be a society that had secrets and we aren't anymore. People are like, the world needs to know. We used to be I don't a society that people like, like my username on Instagram is Emily Ann Tucker. Steal my yeah. identity. Steal it. Take it. It's, it's, yeah. Like, imagine exactly. if I was on AO3 with fucking Emily Ann Tucker. Like, never. 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 One of my students told me they found my Spotify today, and they're like, I'm going to follow you. And I was like, if you follow me on Spotify, I will write you up. I was so stressed out. I was like, how did you find me? And they're like, I was looking for the playlist you play in class. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to kill myself. You're going to have to make your Spotify private. 
What are they going to do? I know, Find like, out you've listened to the same song like 7,000 times in I know, a row. I'm like, oh my god. I was like, no. I was like, I have inappropriate playlists sometimes. You can't follow me. I was so stressed. I was like, damn it. I was what? like, every other thing is a private account. How was, how did I not think about Spotify? Like, this is so humiliating. All listeners should know that I listened to one of Mo's playlists every finals week from like December of freshman year until great playlist. senior year. <laughs> every every single finals week, I would be like, "All right, it's Pull it time. Pull it back up." It was the one that had the picture of Joe Biden eating ice cream on it. Oh, uh, I had to change the picture, guys, but. Um, let me think. Oh, it was called, like, Jams or something like that. Yeah, it was. Um, you did keep adding to it, though. So by senior year, I was like, now, wait. This is too much. I haven't listened yeah, to this I agree playlist for four years. What's going this on? No, I get it. Um, Yeah, I don't know where that's at anymore. I might have honestly deleted it. I should mark it on clean on my That's Spotify. okay. I'm not in college anymore. No, it's I on me. It. It's on. That's fair. Um. Oh, wait. Yeah, I don't know. I did delete it, but I'll forgive you was, once this once. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I think it was called jams or it was called that. No, no, it was called jams or was that feeling, you know, no, it was jams. Was it that? Fe- I, I think have it a lot of been that feeling, you know, it might've been that feeling, you know, it might've been that one because that was the one that was like my depressing girl, uh, playlist. And I, um, oh, do like, you want to hear? Yeah. I'm about to, I'm about <laughs> to out myself in public for my Spotify wrapped. Did you yeah. watch the Daisy Jones and the Six television show on Amazon? Of course. Of course, because I read the book, so I had to hate watch the show. Guess what my number three artist was on Spotify was this year? Oh my god, was it the Daisy Jones cast? Oh yeah, my god. it was that cast album Incredible. that's like ten fucking songs long. Hey, that's okay. Look, the girl That's who plays okay. Daisy can really wail. Oh, she's great. She's like Elvis's granddaughter or something. She like is. That. And like, yeah. honestly, I thought the last like I get it. Two episodes of the season were kind of bangers. I cried and it wasn't yeah. even a show that I liked that much. Mm-hmm. And also it, I think if it was a standalone show, I would have loved it. If I if I had no idea it was connected to the book, I would be like, this is great. <laughs> Because it felt so much different than the book. The pining in the book read so differently than the pining in the show. Exactly. Exactly. Daisy and Billy in the book, you're kind of like, they really are trying not to be near each other and are like squabbling and really are like going through a hard thing. And in the show, every time Sam Claflin would get like really close to Daisy's face to like argue with her, I would be like, Stop making it so obvious that you guys want to make out. Like, everyone like, can get see away it. From her. If this is bad, get out. Like, I, as a person who, like, really likes physical touch from people I want it from. Yeah. I, if someone who I do not want to touch me even, like, steps a step closer to me because I know yeah. they're going to reach out, even if they're just going to pat me on the arm, like, not even on a on the back. Like, if I'm just gonna get a pat on the arm, I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Get away. If someone did to me what Sam Claflin is doing to her on that show, I don't think I could be responsible for my actions. Nor can I control my face. Like, they would know. Yeah. Okay. We're I deeply could not off topic. It. I get it, though. <laughs> I don't even know where we're at in our 
Dang. Outline's done. This book's good. We did it. This That's book is so good. Five stars. Guys, read it. That's all I can yeah, say. Read it. Five I probably stars. wouldn't buy 100%. it. Six stars. Six stars. Six stars. You wouldn't buy it? Or you no, would? I don't know. Cause like, I, I would. I would really read this. Just like one of a series, but I do think this is the best one. Okay, fair enough. But it, it's, it honestly, if I didn't know this was a series, it stands really well on its own as like a book. Like it, if you're not going to read all three of them, cause I haven't, I'll probably read the other two. This one's really good on its own. Um, I mean, I don't even have it. I don't have a cover on it anymore, but um, it's a very cute book. The cover's really cute, too. Like, I'm really sad my dog ate it. Um, so. Damn. Yeah. Sometimes you lose. Highly suggest five stars. Maybe maybe I'd even give it six stars because I really did like this book. It really oh, is very oh. good. Okay. This has been All My Friends Are English Majors. Follow us on Instagram at English Majors Pod. Send us an email at EnglishMajorsPod at gmail.com. Next week in Bodyguard Month, we are reading The Blonde Identity by Allie Carter. And this is literally just for me because I grew up reading all of the little plaid Allie Carter spy books. And I read this book and I, I mean, I devoured it. I was like, oh my God, this is the cutest thing I've ever read in my fucking life. And I'm excited to read it. Once again, we are fudging Bodyguard a little bit, but you know what? <laughs> That's fucking fine. Hey. Who cares? It's our, it's our podcast. Yeah. It's your podcast. Yeah. Who cares? We you can do whatever we want. So anyway. Whatever we want. Tune back in next week. See you next week. Bye everybody. Bye.